Greetings and welcome to the Pure Report. I'm your host, Rob Ludeman, and it is time to bring the orange yet again with a fantastic episode and a fantastic guest, a returning guest, Mr. Brian yes. Shaw. <laughs> yes, he is back on the program, our senior technical marketing manager over in the Portworks group and also co-host of Kubernetes Bytes podcast, which is growing by leaps and bounds. Bob, and it's great to have you back. Thanks for carving out the time, man. Yeah, thank you so much, Rob, for inviting me back. Uh, like, And thank you for giving us that initial bump for Kubernetes Bytes. Right? I think we, we did get a few listeners uh, because we were on this part, so we do really appreciate that. Absolutely. Podcasters should always help out other podcasters, right? There's, there's only 24 hours in the day, but there should be enough time that you can listen to both the Pure Report and a Kubernetes Bytes, right? So uh, okay, so perfect. That's a that's a perfect tweet. Like I'll, I'll send that out like once this and episode. Is you like... want to borrow that? I won't even charge you for that. You know, I am in mar- I am in marketing, so I'm 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 tasked with coming up with, you know, with with clever taglines, or maybe that one's not so clever. But uh, hey, how's your summer going? Summer plans, vacations, anything? Yeah, anything summer has been on? good. Uh, I haven't like I planned any trips for like early summer or mid summer, but late summer, like maybe end of August, end of September, I have a couple of national parks trips, so I'm right. headed to. Glacier National Park in August and Mount Rainier in September. I'm really excited about those. Doing doing the doing the Northwest. Wow. Yeah, like I've never been to Seattle for some reason. Like I've missed all the conferences there or never had any personal trips. So Rainier should be fun. It's a fantastic city. I had that same realization two or three or four, maybe five years ago. I can't quite remember, but it was one of those that I'd only been to Seattle for work trips. And yeah. you know, most work trips are you get off the plane, you go to the meeting you have dinner and then you, you head back out. And even if you're there for multiple days. And so I'd really only seen, you know, the business parts of yep. Seattle. And so I took my son up for a weekend and, uh, you know, unfortunately as, as good Bay area folks who support the 49ers for football, I took him to a Seahawks game and oh, he, turned in, he turned into a Seahawks fan. So I, 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 I always hear that I'm a failed parent be, for, from Bay area folks because, you know, he shows up in all his Seahawks gear. But, yeah, you uh, never know. With Russell Wilson gone, they might like he might prefer Seattle uh, 49ers over the Seahawks now <laughs> for the next. I don't know. Seasons. Yeah, fortunately, he's he's old enough now that the the teams he's chosen are sticking. You know, ah. when you're younger, you kind of can jump around depending on the players, but uh, so be it, right? Okay. So well, that'll be great. Um, fantastic to have a, a national parks trip and um that'll be nice to get a little bit of a break because we're coming right off the heels of accelerate your first in-person accelerate i would say right yes yes that's true like i've always looked at like when i was not part of pure i've always seen tweets and the amount of fun that the team had at these events and let me say that it didn't disappoint like even though this was a smaller event uh there was a great mix of both content and the fun activities that we had planned and i think like Major kudos to you and your team for putting together and organizing the whole show uh, and making sure that attendees do get to learn about the new technologies, about the newer products and how we can help them, but also at the same time, take some time off at the end of the day and relax and just talk to each other. Yeah, I think that was the big the big benefit from it was so many Puritans that had not met or, or hung out. And of course, then we have customers and, and mm-hmm. valued partners there 
that that was part of the great experience. Unfortunately, I, I got COVID like three days before the event, so I didn't get to make it out despite leading all the, the content mm-hmm. development efforts, but you got to be there. How was the Portworks Pavilion experience? You have yeah. pretty good turnout and the sessions were great. And for folks that want to check out all the, the good Portworks content, uh, we have just started loading all the replays of sessions onto our .com. So you don't even know, need to go through the event portal. Um, just just head to puresorge.com slash accelerate and you'll find that. But how was the Portworks Pavilion? Any cool highlights to, to, to discuss there? Yeah, the, like I really like because we covered a lot of scenarios and customer case study, right? We had Comcast talking about Portworks as part of the keynote. So that yeah. brought a lot of people who were just new to Portworks or maybe they heard about Kubernetes and wanted to learn more about how Portworks can help. So we had a lot of those customers come in and the first session that we kicked off was with our co-founders and they spoke about the, the modernization journey that organizations go through. So I think that had a resonating effect on, on the attendees. And then I think we kept losing maybe a couple of people for each session, but a majority of our audience did, did stick around for the entire day throughout the rest of the sessions that we had planned. Yeah, and for anybody that couldn't stick around or, or for those that were virtual and remote, I mean, most of what you covered in the in the live sessions also was was replicated to a certain certain extent with the with the on demand. I know you even you pumped out three of the deep tracks, man. You were, yeah, like you we, we just had so much to talk about, right? Like we yeah. did sessions around. I think one of my sessions was talking about day in the life of a Kubernetes admin. So that was more focused around storage admins or DevOps admins uh, that are now being responsible or held responsible for making sure that their developers are productive and they can get the the base Kubernetes cluster, but also additional data management and data services that they need to build and run their modern applications. So we covered like uh, many different features and use cases, starting from day zero, like how can you install Portworks anywhere, like on-prem in the public cloud? Can I use automation? Can I use a UI-based tool? Everything. Uh, And then how you can use the concept of Kubernetes storage classes to customize your the storage classes for individual applications that you have running on Kubernetes, then that was just day zero, right? But what we wanted to highlight through that presentation was day zero is good, but then day two is really important because things like data protection and disaster recovery, which you might not think about right away, but something that you might need when you're actually trying to run these things in production. Uh, Automated capacity management, right? Like if you're running hundreds of clusters with thousands of persistent volumes, it gets really tedious if you have to manually monitor them and expand those by going and updating those uh, Kubernetes objects in real time. So how you can use Portworks Autopilot, use poly, have policies in place and make sure that Portworks does all of that heavy lifting for you and you can just uh, make sure your applications always have the capacity they need from the Kubernetes storage layer. So that was a good experience. Like that was, I, I had fun like putting the whole track together and we did a few demos as well. Yeah, the track was awesome. I, I want to dig in a little bit into the day in the life a little, and I'd love to just get snapshots of some of the sessions that you do. I, if we go back a number of years, Kubernetes admin didn't exist as a job. Yep. Right. I mean, what, five years ago was that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think a job, maybe I know 10, like 10 years ago, it probably wasn't even a job, but now you have these roles and they're everywhere. Right. And every, every company has got its own journey for how, how deep in they are, but it's everywhere. What, okay. Day in the life of a Kubernetes admin, what are the common tasks yeah, so they have to like they show up at they show up at work in the morning. What's the first thing they're gonna do? So they are probably I think getting inundated by requests like okay I need persistent volumes and for that like 
I know when we started talking about stateful applications on Kubernetes, all of that was manually being uh, being manually provisioned. But now with the concept of storage classes, you can have dynamic provisioning. So all you need to do is install a solution like Portworks, have those storage classes configured. So your developers don't have to worry about like creating tickets or doing all of that. They can just look at a list of different storage classes that you have available uh, and they can start using uh, that to provision those persistent volumes. The, the good thing that I like about Portworks is with each storage class, you can have a different level of replication factor. You can have a different IO profile for each application. You can have a different skid, uh, snapshot schedule uh, to, to take a snapshot of those volumes and maybe store it locally or push it to the to a, a cloud bucket. So all of that can be defined in your storage class. So it's abstracted away from your developers and you don't, as the admin, right? You don't have to keep doing this for every volume or every application that gets deployed. So that's, I think, the, the first thing that comes to my mind. So making it easy and and really with what you can do with Portworks, are you now making it more just that they're making sure everything's running and operating? You, know, you set up your policies, you, you set up the automation, the different classes that you're describing. So now it becomes more of an oversight mm-hmm. rather than a bunch of swivel chair, you know, swivel chair management of <laughs> hitting different screens and different, you know, different um, interfaces that you're having to do things. And, and so then is there the notion that then, and when we say this a lot in database land as well with, with, with DBAs and, and with, with app owners, do they truly then get to focus on more strategic tasks then, right? Are they looking ahead? You know, what, what do we need to do to better support the environment in the future? Yeah. Uh, and like, I think when we talk to customers, right, they are at different levels of this journey. Yeah. Uh, there yeah. are people who have figured everything out and are definitely working with application owners on how they can improve the environment. But there are people who, who might have done the basic Kubernetes storage and automatic uh, automated provisioning, but they still need help with deploying databases or data services on demand. Like mm-hmm. if you look at, and I think uh, uh, we, we can cover this in terms of PDS as well, right? If you look at the ecosystem today, each different database or data service has five different different operators or Helm charts available for deploying Postgres or Cassandra or Redis or any of these different data services. And if you are you building modern applications, you are definitely going to need more, more than one of these individual data services. So it adds a lot of complexity. So if you are at that point, if you need to uh, make a decision whether you want to spend internal resources on building uh, an as-a-service stack for databases or use something that's already being built by a vendor. I think we see organizations preferring the vendor route, getting Mm -hmm. a solution that they can use uh, and just use a single unified solution to deploy all these different databases on any Kubernetes cluster that they might have running in the cloud or on-prem inside their own data centers. Well, and it's a great thing that the the Portworks portfolio is so robust and end to end, right? To to cover all those various aspects. Um, g- given that, and given back to the the day in the life, what what would be some of the firefighting elements, right? What are things? What are problems that may arise that that the average Kubernetes admin may need to be aware of, or that they'll encounter in the in the course of a day, like at one o'clock. Something, yeah, something is off. Like, what, what are those? Like, help us understand. Like, what are those firefighting moments that are going to come up? Yeah, sure. Uh, one of the th- things that we see of customers who are not using Portworks and they eventually moved uh, is capacity management, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, even with VMs, we know that if if your VMDKs are getting full, your VM will go offline. The same thing applies for containerized apps. If your PV is getting full or doesn't have enough capacity, your app will stop working. So admins 
our SREs, right, at this point will have we have that have that responsibility to monitor all of these different PVs and make sure that each app has its own uh, has has enough storage so they can continue running. And this is where Portworks can help you, right? We can define autopilot rules, which are nothing more than if this then that policies. So you define a simple like, okay, if you cross a certain threshold, let's say you cross 70% of utilized capacity, increase the size of my persistent volume by 50%. And you can have this in policy. So Portworks will continuously monitor all the different PVs that you have across different namespaces and automatically perform those actions for you. And the second level, right, for this thing, like, okay, let's say all of your persistent volumes are continuously asking for more capacity. How do you make sure that Portworks uh, the, the the portwork storage pool has enough capacity on the backend and this is where you can there is another autopilot tool that you can set where we use our cloud drives integration so if you're running on uh, on prem with an a uh, flash array backend if you're running uh, in the public cloud with an ebs backend we can automatically provision an additional backend storage so that we can expand our storage pool to make sure your applications and persistent volumes always have that capacity so i think that's that's a, one easy example of a firefighting scenario, scenario where uh, Portworks can definitely help you make things easier. Thanks for giving some color commentary on that. That's uh, very helpful just to, to let people know in the day of the life. Uh, you mentioned those three letters. And again, because we were talking before we started the record here, just about how sometimes we need to do one-on-one things for, you know, mm -hmm. there's different varying knowledges. You said SRE, right? So... <laughs> Tell folks what's the difference, right? So we've been talking about Kubernetes admins and day in the life, but now you have this site reliability engineer role, this SRE role. What's the difference? What's what's the SRE doing relative to this whole process? Yeah, I think it it depends from organizations, right? We we have seen uh, traditional virtualization admins now being called DevOps admins or SREs, or we have also seen the other way around, like people from the development teams who are building these applications, and then maybe one person out of ten, one 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 developer out of a team of ten got responsible uh, got the responsibilities of making sure that the apps that the entire team is deploying is always operational. So SRE is just making sure that any app that gets deployed is always up and running. It's online. It's deployed and architected in such a way that uh, there's, there's never a downtime associated with it. So uh, I think if we go back to the traditional definition that's from that Google SRE book where you, uh, where I think. All right. Technology always fun when we're doing these things remotely. So Bobin just had a, a little audio issue related to VPN. So I think we we got a, a little break there, but we'll edit around that for everybody. So stick with us because the con I didn't I don't want to redo this because we we're having a lot of fun. This was going really <laughs> this is going really well. Let's let's say we closed out on the SRE thing because I, I I think you got that. I was kind of thinking of like a traffic cop for applications, right? When you were describing that, like making sure they all kind of I don't know another one of my dumb dumb analogies or anything. Nice. Yeah. yeah, maybe, you know. Yeah, that's a good way to think about it. Like I know uh, in, in the Kubernetes world, right? Uh, to to, to uh, demonstrate the value of a Kubernetes operator, which is a software-based thing, people just call it like, okay, that's an automated or code-based SRE because it's responsible for deploying any application you throw at it and making sure that the desired state is always maintained. So it's like a, a Kubernetes operator is like your own SRE for each yeah. app. The traffic cop thing, right? You yeah. know, making sure the traffic is going each ways and everything's <laughs> moving right and that it's online and the, the lights are working. I don't know. It's it's a stretch, but that's, you know, that's how my brain works. That's what I do. 
Um, I want to hit on, on a couple of the other sessions that, that you did for Accelerate, just to give people some of the highlights and yep. hopefully encourage them to go check out in more detail. Um, you did one that was called Accelerate Path to Production with VMware Tanzu and Portworx. And this is always an interesting area for us, right? We, we have a great partnership with VMware, not just in the container space, but lots of integrations across the board mm -hmm. and data protection. But it's also really timely because you've been in the planning. I think we're going to get you to VMware Explore. I didn't say VMworld. <laughs> uh, keep saying VMworld every time, but I said VMware Explore, their big event, late August, early September. Pure will be there. Please, uh, please register and come see us. But um, what is, how would you describe then that relationship between what VMware is doing in the container space and, and what you're doing with, with Portworks, kind of a, yeah. a cooperative thing? Sure. So uh, I think uh, you laid it out perfectly, right? Pure has always been great partners with VMware and with Portworx, we are like building on top of that. Uh, VMware Tanzu is a great Kubernetes distribution for people that want to run and leverage their existing investments and run Kubernetes on-prem. And with Portworx, we want to provide the same customers with a set of features that can help them rest assured, like, like that you have all the enterprise-grade features that you need for running Kubernetes or for running those containerized applications. Uh, I know from a VMware perspective, uh, virtualization admins always used Site, re site uh, Recovery Manager or SRM yeah, to build those yeah. DR relationships. Uh, that's a feature that was missing in VMware Tanzu, and that's what Portworks PXDR can provide, right? As part of the, the session and a white paper that we did earlier, we demonstrate how you can use Portworks to build those synchronous and asynchronous disaster recovery solutions. Asynchronous, if you can run it within that latency requirement, or asynchronous if you're running like a cross data center disaster recovery solution. So you don't have like a UI like SRM, but you still have all the recovery plans, all the tools you need. So even if, so whenever you are hit by a disaster and you need to recover your applications or you want to perform a failover operation, it's just a single command per app, like stork CTL activate migrations and boom, Portworx will uh, like make sure your applications are available on the secondary side. So I think that's something that Portworx can bring to VMware Tanzu customers and just make sure that you have those production grade capabilities. And also very additive if somebody's already doing SRM and using our integrations with the standard VMs, then it's just mm -hmm. another, you know, it's like, hey, PX, PXDR is going to be the answer that does it for you in, in the Tanzu space. End to end, don't worry about it. You're protected. Your data is protected, which is awesome. Um, what do you have in the works for VMware Explore? What do you guys, what do you guys, planning, yeah. not, not like that we're announcing a big thing in Portworks, but what do you guys, <laughs> you have demos that are in flight and yes. I think yeah. you have three or four of you guys there. What do you have in flight? What's, what's going to yeah. be exciting for people? We'll definitely stop? have a bunch of demos on awesome. the show floor. Like uh, Tim and I from the Portworks tech marketing team will be there uh, to talk about uh, Portworks and, and like do one-on-one -on -one sessions if needed. But I'm really excited about a session that John Owings is doing with David Steeman, I, I guess. So like, if you are there, if you are already registered for VMware Explore, do register for that session to learn more about all of these features that we are talking about today. Fantastic. You gave just enough detail with a plug yeah. there. Uh, just David's teaser, saying. right? <laughs> just a good teaser. Yeah, we don't want to give away the whole thing, but uh, definitely I think the for folks out there interested, the event landing page, if you get to puresorge.com and, and click on events up at the top, the event landing page should be going live here toward the end of June. Uh, Melody and I just put the finishing touches on it uh, earlier this week. So I think the web team is getting that up. So go check that out. You can register the, for the event. You can find out what sessions that we're presenting, including the uh, the one that, that Bobin talks about right there. Um, very cool. And then I don't know how you did this for Accelerate, but you did a third deep dive. I, you, 
in, in terms of people, like if there's a roster of people that did the most, you know, session development, you're kind of near the top, unlimited energy and, and, <laughs> and knowledge, which is super cool. But then also, you know, so you do Tanzu, you do day in the life. And then there was a supercharged Amazon EKS clusters with Portworks. And again, another really great uh, partner for Pure that we've been doing things with really closely since 2018. And now it dovetails really nicely. I mean, you guys were kind of prime when we did, when we did mm -hmm. AWS reInvent last, that, that partnership is, is really, really tight. Um, what'd you cover in that session? Yeah. So, uh, like when, when you have a great product, it's easy to talk about it. And that's why like being a tech marketing engineer for Portworks is like so easy, like, okay, I can do sessions on, uh, after sessions. Uh, with with that session, I think I, we wanted uh, that session to be more of a demo palooza. So like enough slides, just have demos. So we did like four different use cases. We did the capacity management demo for EKS customers. We did disaster recovery. We did data protection with PX backup. And what we tried to cover in that data protection demo is you don't need to run Portworks as the storage layer on your EKS clusters. Even if you're using EBS and EFS today, you can still leverage Portworks PX backup to protect those apps that are running on your EKS clusters. And then the fourth use case that we spoke about was around that hybrid cloud application migration. So, uh, Okay, third time's a charm. We just had another little audio snag, but we're going to roll forward because I'm enjoying this episode so much. And what I'm going to blame it on is in eighth, eighth grade, I had a physical science teacher who was this kind of old curmudgeonly guy. But when we were doing experiments and they didn't work, he would just claim it was gremlins. So I'm I'm calling gremlins on on Bobbin's audio setup here, and and so we made a couple adjustments, and now we should work without that. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll hopefully edit out kind of that noisy audio. So so back to the program. You got you, that. Let me tell kind of a dumb story, and we are kind of on the fourth use case for for yep. Amazon for EKS. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so let, let, let's talk about hybrid cloud, right? So Amazon has uh, the ability to run these EKS anywhere clusters. You using their the same Kubernetes distribution that runs in AWS cloud. But when you're running in public cloud, you're using EBS CSI as the storage backend. When you're running on-prem, you're running VMware CSI for the storage backend. Both of these have different set of features. And even though there's consistency from a distribution level, you can't move your apps back and forth. And that's something that we can solve with Portworks as well. Like we can run on both of these platforms fully supported and we can help you migrate your applications across on-prem and public cloud. So that was another cool use case that we highlighted in, the, in, in, in that presentation. Uh, so hopefully uh, your listeners can check it out and give me feedback. Like if there are any other interesting use cases that they want to see in the next one. Yeah, absolutely. No, I did the, the great wealth of, uh, you know, the span of things that you covered for the event were, were fantastic. And that was only what you pre-recorded. I know you were on site doing some things as well. Okay. I, to kind of close and, and, you know, we're going to spend a little bit more time, obviously not close, close, like right away. I want to make sure everybody's up to speed on the latest news, like the latest and greatest on Portworks. Cause there've been some announcements. There's been some GAs, there's just been some general, you know, momentum things that are really kind of fun. I think first and foremost, the most exciting 
uh, thing that we talked about around Accelerate and even previously toward late last year was Portworth Data Services, PDS. And this one's near and dear to my heart because I love databases, right? And, and I love analytics apps and things like that. So we're now GA and we're now live, right? People can roll with it. And you guys even had a session called your, what was it? Your apps don't sleep, but you can. That was kind of a cool, that was a cool tagline. Why, why do we scribe it that way? Why is uh, it? I think that's our great marketing team at work too, but it's kind of true. Like if you look at any new uh, applications that, that are being built, right? I think according to analyst reports, 90% are built using containers now and they are using modern databases, not traditional relational databases like SQL Server or Oracle. So you'll see a lot more of PostgreSQL or document databases like MongoDB or even messaging queue uh, or, or Kafka and Zookeeper. So all of these different databases need a way to be, like you need a way for them uh, to deploy these databases or data services on your Kubernetes clusters. So you will either see one of two approaches. There are customers that we talk to that uh, are still in the Kubernetes adoption journey and they're like, we don't want to even consider running these databases on Kubernetes. And then eventually we have customers that have gone through that journey and now realize that there are benefits of running it on Kubernetes and are looking for a solution which is consistent across all. So with PDS or with Portworks Data Services, it's now live. We have been talking about it or trying to talk about it since last year. Uh, it's now available. We have six different data services at launch. So you can deploy Postgres, Cassandra, Kafka, Zookeeper, Redis, and RabbitMQ. If, and I remember all of them correctly. Uh, you yeah. can deploy all of these across your EKS clusters, your AKS clusters, your vanilla Kubernetes clusters, or your Red Hat OpenShift cluster. So we have a wide range of databases, wide range of infrastructure platforms, and we have a healthy roadmap of adding more and more support for new databases or new uh, infrastructure or Kubernetes distributions. Yeah, it's almost unlimited in in that area, right? It seems like yeah, you know every every week there's some you know new database I've never heard of. They all have really interesting names too, like. Uh, <laughs> On, on there's a there's a slack channel that i do with with a few other colleagues and one day one guy we were looking at the db engines rankings yeah. and uh and and so he wrote and went okay stop looking at the db engines rankings here's five brands which of these are real and which are not and it was really i mean i'm not disparaging the names some of them are really fun and cool but it's like cockroach and this and you know and he gave us five names and only two of them were real and it was really hard to decipher and determine which ones but it's you know to your point you guys will keep adopting and and bringing more of these into the fold uh, because everybody wants to choose what they want to use to to do this important work in uh, in data management space okay second kind of news topic Let's talk a little bit about just general momentum and cohesion with pure products. Like I think people are starting to realize, right? When when the acquisition happened, there were a whole bunch of really loyalist Portworx customers, and obviously Pure has built up a customer base over time. And what's kind of fun is the chocolate and peanut butter are sort of going together now. People are realizing on one side, oh, I'm using Portworx. Oh, I wasn't. I hadn't looked at what these Flash Array and Flash Blades can do with us. And vice versa. How are you seeing that momentum going? I don't like this, this partnership or this this uh, uh, the uh, the after the acquisition, right? We have been able to go and target our customers, join customers, and like it's a rocket ship. Like our engineering teams are putting so much work behind the scenes to build features that enable that tight integration. So although Portworx is 
platform agnostic from a backend storage perspective, we have built those special integrations into Flash Array and Flash Blade. So if customers want to uh, not use the virtual volumes inside Portworks, but rather get that raw performance from a Flash Array system, they can do that. Uh, if they want an, ob uh, an object storage bucket uh, to save their backup snapshots from PX backup, they can now leverage Flash Blade as well. So all of those integrations are now available. One of them is, that I referred to earlier is coming in the next release. Uh, in, in, which is next month. So uh, you can have all of these integrations. And because of these, we have been able to unlock a couple of uh, exciting customer use cases, right? Just looking at our recent wins, uh, we were able to uh, talk to customers who were just trying to get their feet wet and they had a flash array flash plate, but didn't have an answer for Kubernetes. So mm -hmm. we were able to go and help them uh, adopt containers, adopt Kubernetes, show how they can leverage their existing in investments with flash array and use Portworx on top with just Portworx CSI for flash array flash plate right now and, uh, and, and start using Kubernetes and also use flash plate as that data protection endpoint. A second use case was customer was trying to run some form of open source storage subsystem for Kubernetes on Flash Array, and they were uh, facing huge scale issues. That's another thing that we can just sweep in and make sure that we can solve those for customers and make sure that they have a great experience running both of these products together. Yeah, so really, uh, yeah. It, it, uh, sorry, you had one more. Yeah. No, I think I was just going to end it with like instead of it one instead of it being one plus one is three. I think it's one plus one is eleven, right? With flash, flash yeah, flash. yeah, or one hundred and eleven, right? I yeah. mean, it, it makes sense, right? And that's it. It takes time, right? After you do these kind of acquisition mm -hmm. motions, but that's where you have smart engineering and smart product management to go determine, right? Okay, well, yeah, it'd be cool if you. You know, if you're doing VVOLs here, but you could just do it where we already have that strong integration or that the S3 buckets that you mentioned, right? And we'll keep developing more of those things, right? It's it's certainly you can go out and consume any part of our portfolio. But as I talked with Scott Dedman on an episode maybe four to six weeks ago, the Pure Portfolio Advantage, if you go check that one out, listeners, we talk about everything works better together when you use more of the portfolio, right? It, it solves more of your business problems, you get better outcomes, and this is a great example example of where features continue to go back and forth into each product. And, um, and that's how good engineering is supposed to work. That is, uh, that is awesome. I love the specific examples that you gave. Okay. Last exciting news on the agenda, uh, backup as a service with Portworks, uh, another important one. And we've talked a lot about data protection in and out and, you know, PXDR and some things like that, but this is a great one. I think there's a, a monumental trend in the industry in general, right? To just to, to consume backup more as a service rather than kind of the traditional method of what it is. So what, what did this entail? What, what's yeah. the highlights? This is out backup, now. Backup as a service makes it really easy for anyone to sign up and just start protecting their applications, right? You don't need that SRE or that administrator to download PX backup and install it on a Kubernetes cluster. Now, all you have to do as an admin or a developer is log into our SaaS portal, add your AWS credentials. We'll auto discover your clusters for you. So you can add whatever cluster has those apps running on it. And then we'll auto discover the applications. So all you need to do is uh, create an account, add your AWS credentials, and you have a list of all the applications that you have running. And we can start protecting it for you uh, on, on backend S3 buckets that are in your account. So you still control all the data. We just host the control plane for you. So all the day zero tasks of installing and configuring go away. And then all the day two tasks of making sure we, we are scaling the control plane properly and uh, maintaining the right versions. And so you have the right set of features. All of that is done by Portworx and you can consume everything just as a service. 
Is it really that easy? I mean, I went to the website and I read some of the literature in preparing for this. It is. Everything yeah. talks about like one-click operations. And I always read that. And as a marketing guy, I kind of like, come on, really? <laughs> uh, you should you should also find the demos that we have along yeah. with the YouTube channel. It is as easy. Like add your okay. create an account on PX Backup as a service, add your AWS account and start creating those backup jobs. Amazing. Maybe not one click, three steps, but yeah. <laughs> well, you know, very few clicks, right? That's exactly right. Uh, well, that's awesome. Well, everybody check that out as well. You can find everything you need on, on portworks.com or go to peersorge.com slash portworks. And we've got all the great information that you need there. Hey, Bavin, you are a, a wealth and a fountain of knowledge. And I think I'm just glancing at my schedule right now. I think there's there's one of the Accelerate Roadshow events or, or partner thing that Sam's doing in the middle of July that's in Boston. And if I recall correctly, you're oh. in Boston, right? Yes, I am. Yeah. So I think I'm coming out for that. So let okay. us let's put a plan in place that that I can come and uh, and come and sit with you. And we'll meet up and, and we'll do an update for everybody because I, I feel like these are really valuable and just, you know, continuing to tell the news about Portworks and the various integrations and just all the great stuff that, that you and the team are doing. That's, uh, yeah, that's fun. perfect, right? I missed seeing you in person at Accelerate. Yeah. Uh, now I think you're, you're uh, making sure with this Boston trip, we can make it up. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping and planning to do that. My, my best friend from college lives there. So anytime somebody says, Hey, can you come out for a, can you come out for an event or come out for a customer thing? I, you know, if it's Boston, I'm usually like, yeah, I'll figure out how to make that happen. So we will do that. Hey, uh, plug some things for us. Uh, we mentioned at the top Kubernetes bites podcast, how and where people can find that. I assume wherever podcast, yeah, wherever you consume podcasts, you guys RSS it out, but give a little plug for that and anything else that you want to make sure people uh, check out. Yeah. So wherever you can find the pure report, you can find Kubernetes bites. We make sure we publish all of those episodes everywhere. Uh, but in addition to the podcast, right, if you want to learn more about Portworks, we do run a monthly demo series, which is more of an office hour setup. Like we do have a topic, but then we open it up for questions and answers at the end for 15 minutes. So you can bring in any topic, any question that you might have. And we, we might, we are already doing a demo. So we have a setup so we can answer those questions live. We have, we continuously publish a bunch of blogs on our website too. So blogs and, and uh, those webinars should be your place to go to learn more. Yeah, and I'll highlight the last few episodes on Kubernetes Bytes. You just published Redis on Kubernetes. We were talking about PDS a little bit earlier. Uh, recap of, of KubeCon. Of course, you guys are always heavily involved in KubeCon, and this was KubeCon plus Cloud Native Con. Super interesting. And then I know when we talked previously, you're getting a lot of traction on episodes that are kind of one-on-one. There's a lot of people out there just starting to get into this space and learn about it. Uh, May episode was on Backup and Restore 101. You did MySQL on Kubernetes. Cassandra... Um, just Postgres. Oh my gosh. Just so many different, uh, data management tools that are out there that you cover. It's fantastic. Yeah. We have been hitting all of those different databases or data services on Kubernetes and trying to get a perspective from the community. Yeah. And what I think is great is, is not just from the community, but also kind of experts or people from those companies too, that work in those. And that's always what we want to hear right from, right from the source. All right, everybody. Well, you, you, you've got, uh, the call to action, where to go, check out, check out Bobbin's podcast, uh, check out the blogs and uh, definitely go to the peerstorage.com uh, slash accelerate for all the various replays. And you can see everything we did there, but also all the Portworks things that we were talking about. All right, let's do it in September. All right. And we'll, we'll, have, a, we'll have a good audio rig set up for you by then too, right? 
<laughs> Sorry about the, the, the interruptions today. <laughs> That's all right. We're going to work through it. There was so much good quality stuff that I didn't want to do a restart and just and just make this work. And, and thanks, everybody else that, that's out there listening for navigating through this. Hopefully, we've edited out enough of the little scratchy audio that was in there, but uh, everything else is kind of pieced together. And through the magic of pausing and restarting, we were able to get a good episode. So thank you, everybody out there for listening to this episode of The Pure Report. Please share with friends, share with a colleague, and we will keep bringing on great guests like Bob and uh, and with that, we're wrapped for Pure Storage, Bob and Shaw. This is Rob Ludeman saying, don't look back. Something might be gaining on you. <laughs>